Hi there, I'm Andy, a moon chasing, manifesting, wander lover, and feel good aficionado. Consider me your woo woo best friend. This show is a sacred space for ideas, concepts, and modalities that might be considered taboo, but that I personally find a great magic in. In these conversations, my mission is to inspire confidence, worth, and mystical thinking in our modern world. Let's get into it, shall we? Hey there, friends. Welcome. I am excited to bring you another interview today. Today, my guest is Zahara Jade. She is the founder of The Truth Catalyst. She's a somatic awakening coach, and she will talk in this episode about what that means and how she had her own personal somatic awakening and spiritual awakening. And she really believes that your wounds are the key to your personal transformation and to your personal awakening. Zahara has a really interesting story. She began the first part of her life really living in a world of darkness. For 25 years of her life, she was consumed by a rare and incredibly crippling autoimmune disease. She had an illness that required years of hospitalization. She had all sorts of medical trauma to heal from and went through every possible process with the intention of healing that disease in the 25 years that she was trying out all of the things that in Western medicine were recommended for her and nothing was working. She was completely consumed by depression and self-doubt and hopelessness and an inability to see the future or to consider what her big dreams for her life were. She couldn't see past the incredible physical pain and the emotional pain, of course, that is tied into that, that she was experiencing on the day-to-day of her life. And she never believed that there could be something on the other side. Then she found a healer, which she'll share that story with us, that helped her to begin the process of her own transformation. Now she's a woman who lives in the light She has done so much incredible work after healing her body and having a transformation that was truly a full mind, body, and spiritual healing. She took off to explore a brand new life. And in the episode, we're going to get into what she did next how she found her personal freedom, her moment of spiritual awakening and how that came to be, and 
the incredible work that she does today and why this work of somatic therapy is so important. We all are coming out of this experience right now of 2020 and this first part of 2021 facing collective trauma. There's not a single one of us on the planet that hasn't dealt with the pain of what this past year has has uh, has felt like and as i'm recording this we are a year and 2 weeks out of the day for me personally that we went into into quarantine so for most of us it was around this time last year that we were starting to have this realization of what sort of world we were potentially about to be living in. And it was certainly something that none of us, most of us at least, could never have expected. So Zahara and I are going to talk about collective trauma and how we heal collective trauma as well. I'm so excited for you all to hear her story. She's a really inspiring woman a really magical woman. She's so vibrant. She shares amazing tips on her Instagram page. So go give it a, go give that a follow. And here we go. Meet Sahara Jade. Hi, Sahara. I'm so happy to have you here with me today. How are you? I'm great, Andy. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm so excited to talk with you. Trauma is obviously something that is on anyone who lives on this planet right now at this time is probably on their mind in some way, or if it's not, perhaps it should be. So I'm excited to talk with you. And before we get into a conversation about trauma, I'd love to know a bit about your work. So you're the founder of Truth Catalyst. You work from the perspective of healing pain, both chronic pain that is physical and emotional. So I'd love to hear a bit about your work and, uh, and we'll start there, and then I'll I'll ask you I'll ask you some other questions as well before we really get into it. But I, I'd love to just hear a little bit about your work to start with. Yeah, great. So a quick snippet: uh, the way I describe it is that I guide my clients on what I call somatic journeys into their bodies and their subconscious to connect with their inner wisdom so that they can uncover physically held trauma and subconsciously held trauma. And they can use their inner wisdom to kind of unravel what they've been holding for maybe decades or years. And I guide them on a journey to really transform it and heal it and release whatever they don't don't need to be carrying. Okay, beautiful. So I want to hear all about that. And before we really get into it, I have to ask you the question I ask everyone. We start with a little bit of astrology. So tell me what your sun sign is. My sun sign is Taurus. Love a Taurus. Anyone who's listened to the show knows I love a Taurus. (laughs) It's such a beautiful energy. It's so earthy and there's just so much beauty in the Taurus energy. And from what I've 
from what I've seen in your work, and of course, I've been checking out your Instagram and all the beautiful things that you do. It's, it's, it really aligns with who you are. Thank you. What's really funny and unexpected is that I married a Taurus. My husband is a Taurus. (laughs) (laughs) So you're probably, you're into the same things. And then when you're both feeling stubborn, you're probably both (laughs) incredibly stubborn, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 I I know that energy well, for sure. For sure. Yeah. My partner is uh, a Taurus and I'm a Taurus moon. So when we're that way, we're very much that way too. So I get it. I get it. Okay. So let's get into your work. So you shared a bit about what you do with Truth Catalyst, but I'd love to know how you found your way into mm. this practice. Of course, I've been reading a bit about your story and you you had a lifelong experience with chronic illness and then made some really um, transformative decisions for your life to take yourself on a journey that was for many would likely be unexpected. So tell tell me about that journey and how you mm-hmm. came to came to this place where you are doing this work you're doing now. Yeah. So for myself as well, that journey was really unexpected. I was extremely sick as a child. I, for as long as I can remember, really all I've known is, is extreme illness. I grew up pretty much living in and out of the hospitals. Most of my life, doctors didn't really know what I had. It was pretty rare. And they would diagnose me with different illnesses. At the age of 10, I was given a diagnosis of Crohn's. And I spent most of that year in the hospital being fed by tubes. And throughout my high school years, I was in and out of the hospital. And then I was given a very rare autoimmune diagnosis at the age of 20. So that really throws a person into a whole nother world because treatments aren't really available. And I felt like I was pretty much an experiment most of my life. I was on a lot of medications. None of them were helping. You know, when you're taking like 15 medications and you're sick all the time, it's quite an, a life. I didn't really look into the future. I wasn't really able to dream about what I was doing. I was still, I still went to graduate school. I was still getting a PhD in clinical, clinical psychology, but I didn't really think to myself, what do I want in my life? What do I want to do? And I was so sick in graduate school that after I defended my master's thesis, I took a leave of absence. I really had spent about a month prior to defending my master's not leaving my apartment because I was in so much pain, I really couldn't walk. Some of the symptoms with my disease called Bichette's is so debilitating that um, it, yeah, I I couldn't walk. I was in so much pain. And I would get fevers recurring every month for about a week, really high fevers, really painful ulcers, swollen joints, you name it. Like this disease was pretty rough. And that continued through my mid 20s. But I got to this point where I knew I was very depressed. I was very miserable. And I was still going to work. I, I had stopped doing the psychology stuff. I had gotten a normal job. And I was just miserable in life. And I was like, you know what? Something has to change. 
I can't continue living like this. And I found a healer psychologist lady who was outside of Western medicine through a referral. I had gone to like this, my therapist, and I was like, I need something else. I, I'm depressed. I'm on all these medicines. Nothing's working. Help me. Like, I can't continue living like this. So I got this referral. And when I was handed this card, my therapist said, listen, I don't know what she does, but she heals people who have cancer. And that was a good enough referral for me. I'm like, okay, I got to try this. And sh- this lady never, my healer, she never called her technique anything, but she did a form of combined like body body work therapy, craniosacral somatic therapy. And working with her over the course of a couple of years, I went into remission. I never thought I could be healthy in my entire life. And my disease went away. Wow. It, it felt like a miracle, but it really wasn't because I had to do a lot of changing. I had to change everything in my life from my diet to my relationships. I had to do everything I did was extremely painful, right? But it was worth my worth giving up everything to make this transformation. So when you found that healer and you started mm-hmm. going into that process, what would an average visit with that particular healer look like? You're changing diet, you're changing relationships, you're working on every ounce of your being. Yeah. So you show up to her practice, you walk in the door and what does that even look like? So first of all, I was extremely dubious. I didn't trust what was happening because I had never connected to myself in a deeper way. And I had never done work like this before. I was very much steeped in Western medicine. Mm -hmm. So stepping into this world felt very surreal. And at first we were just doing body work. I mean, she had a table where she would use her hands and it was just body work and breath work where she would use her hands to help me to release tension that I was holding in my body on a very physical level. So that alone helped me release very physical tension I was holding in my back. And I almost didn't trust what was happening as the tension was releasing and melting from my back. And that's what a lot of the sessions looked like at first, but she was also a therapist. Every session different. I mean, she had a huge, beautiful room. This was in Cleveland, Ohio. So you, you could have a huge, gorgeous studio where she had a massage table and a a workout ball and crystals and, you know, singing bowls and a table full of books about health food and supplements. And she, she counseled me and coached me on supplements and she's, sent me out to an acupuncturist and a Pilates, uh, like a very healing one-on-one Pilates instructor. I mean, I, I changed everything. I did it all. We talked about and worked through relationships I had. There were spiritual sessions where I was doing spiritual mothering work. Every session was different, but it was all necessary. She was like a spiritual coach, right? 
And it was Cleveland. And mm-hmm. what year was this? Yeah. So this was back in like started in 2005. So it was probably something in which oh, I can only imagine there was nothing else like it for many, many, many miles. Nothing. No, nothing like this. Yeah. And yeah. so you come out of this experience and you're having this, these moments of, I don't, I don't know how we got here, but we're here now. We're, <laughs> we're, we're like on the, we're coming out on the other side. And, and what did you do next? So Andy, <laughs> as everything started to change, I became a different person. I was doing yoga now, like six days a week. My, my cells were changing. My entire being was changing. And I was showing up at home a different person. And I was in a long-term relationship at the time, like a five-year relationship engaged to be married to somebody else, not the person I'm married to today. And looking around at my life, realizing it was not necessarily fitting the person I was becoming. Thinking about a lot of really important questions like, do I want to marry this person? Do I want to have children with this person? So having these really important conversations that I hadn't had before. So as soon as I had that conversation with my ex-fiance, like, I listen, I'm not sure. I was 27, 28 at the time. I'm not sure if I want children. I'm, I'm just not sure. Within a week, he, we were finished. We had been together for five years. Wow. He knew we had not had that conversation before. And he knew by within two years, he wanted children. And that was his life purpose. That was it. And so that's really what propelled me onto my journey. Because first of all, I was healthy for the first time ever. I was free from the bonds and the shackles of chronic illness. I was no longer in this relationship. Within six months, I took a look at my life and I said, what am I doing here in Cleveland, Ohio, making six figures? Why? What can I do? And actually, I had started dating somebody who was leaving on a round-the-world trip. It just so happened. And I said, you know what? I don't know if we're going to continue dating, but I like what you're about to do, and I think I'm going to go. And here we go. We're taking (laughs) off. (laughs) And so I bought a ticket. I knew I didn't have the guts to go alone. And so I bought that ticket, and, and I was terrified. But it was the best decision I ever made in my life. So when that plane landed, where were you? I was in China. (laughs) I was in Hong Kong. Yeah. And so you arrive in Hong Kong. You are truly free for the first time in your life in so many ways from your illness, you've just left a relationship that's been something that you thought was going to be your future. And you are feeling as if you're no longer trapped in your body or and in 
a relationship that you thought would be the one and all of all of this is opening up at the same time here you are in Hong Kong so you you made a decision to start on a path of studying healing modalities for yourself at this point so that you could work with others like you'd been worked with is that right yeah so at first i just backpacked for like 18 months oh, and yeah. it was good, good a for little you. bit later yeah. that i decided to start endeavoring into it was like about 8 months into it that i landed in mysore and started studying Ashtanga yoga. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So special. Yeah. It was very special. Back then in Mysore, um, it had not, I mean, it was still popular, but like it had not exploded the way it's exploded now. Yeah. And so then you spent this time, so you're in India and you're studying, you're studying Mysore and then you you end up staying for many years overseas. So how yeah. did how did that you you begin studying yoga and then you kind of continue to move from that that practice into a variety of experiences? Yeah, as you are in this multi year time period of doing your own spiritual work and learning modalities that were certainly not common where you'd come mm-hmm. from by any means. Yeah. I mean, I really had the opportunity to study and work with some incredible practitioners while, especially in India, you know, you mentioned astrology. So like there's this secret astrologer, there's, his name is Mr. V. No, pe- people who study with him, I didn't study with him, but I got to go see him. So people who study with him won't give away where he where he is and how to get there so you have to find out through these secret channels how how to get there and you have to write it down on a piece of paper and like nobody will really tell you where he is or how to reach him so like only certain people know and then you have to like remember where he is from your last trip and hopefully it's in your notebook because nobody will tell you how to reach mr v he's this like revered Eastern astrologer and super special person who's able to tell you he's he's able to look at your palm and read your charts and able to tell you really incredible things about your future. And so there are these really special sages in India. And so there's also this um, meditation teacher there who also teaches somatic transomatic dialogue therapy and does past life regression work who I did some work with and the first time I ever did a past life regression with him I had I've done multiple with him those are some of the most powerful experiences I've ever had in my life where you feel connected to everything the first time I ever experienced bliss was in one of those sessions and that's what led me down that path of wanting to study that. Yeah, it's it's um when you go through an experience like that and you can see in this past life this past life experience all of the lessons that you've now brought forward into this lifetime that you're going to have to have to face and work through 
if mm. you're going to start to experience a transformation and get on that dharmic path, that's a pretty, that's a pretty, uh, that's a, that's a serious awakening moment. Exactly. When you see, when you look into the eyes of people from your past life who are people you who have taught you very powerful karmic lessons in this life, like your parents or your siblings in this life, changes you. Yeah. 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 So you have this time overseas and along the way, you, you've had this background in clinical psychology and you've done this work and this research and now you're having this brand new experience and you're working with healers and you're working with your own spirituality and you're you're in this place of complete freedom from what you've known your whole life so you you found the truth catalyst which is the method in which you use today to work with people who have experienced horrific trauma and they're holding it in their body. And, and so mm -hmm. when you're doing that work today, what does that look like um, in regards to working with someone who has experienced both physical, but also intense emotional pain? So physical and emotional pain is, is one and the same, right? We are taught to disconnect them. And that's where I think we go wrong. Yeah. But there's so much research and so much information coming out now that they are really connected, right? At the moment of trauma, there is a neurobiological reaction that happens in the body and then it's the memory is stored in your nervous system it's stored emotionally in your cells right and, and if that energy isn't released it remains there in your physical body it's trapped and that's what creates physical pain fit like Adrenaline and cortisol is released. And if there's trauma over time, that's what leads to chronic illness and chronic pain. And this is where I think there's a disconnect and there's a failure on the part of medical professionals to not talk about this with patients. They go, I mean, they are trained with medicine. Like, let's right. just bring out the drugs. And there is no discussion about it. Let's... Let's heal you. How, how can we talk about what has happened to you on a deeper level, right? And so studies started studies in the 90s with the ACEs study started coming out about childhood trauma, talking about long-term outcomes. And the more ACEs, as they call them, adverse childhood experiences that a person had, the more negative outcomes a person is likely to have from addiction to depression, 
mental health outcomes to chronic illnesses, including autoimmune diseases. But what the discussion that's being had in trauma circles more and more is that, like you mentioned at the beginning of this conversation, every single person has experienced trauma. Trauma is not the event. It is what happens at the time of the event to the nervous system. And it's not our perception of the event. Sometimes we don't know on a conscious level that we're experiencing trauma, like the, take the pandemic, for example. Sometimes a lot of us are just like, yeah, whatever, that's happening. But on a very subconscious level and to our bodies, we are feeling energetically everybody else's pain, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I wonder what's your perspective on this last year that we've had, what's mm -hmm. it going to look like as we start to transition forward? And of course, you know, it's like even saying return to normal life. It's like nothing's ever going to be normal again. We've just we've gone through this planetary experience that you can't you can't you can't live anywhere on the planet and not have experienced what we've all just gone through. So how do you think as a collective, we can start to work through what we've all experienced. So something I have talked a lot about this past year is the collective trauma that we've all lived through. It's the experience that entire society feels on the collective level during a psychologically and very, very jarring experience of suffering collectively, right? And you don't have to be consciously aware of it. Right. Just being alive, you are feeling the trauma. So if you've been more sleepless this year, if you've felt more sad or irritated or angry, that is a sign. But what happens during collective trauma is that your own personal individual trauma starts to surface. Mm -hmm. Stuff from the past starts to surface. And as you're asking about moving forward, what, so a couple things. I feel like this is an opportunity for us to heal collectively. And also for us to be more aware to heal ourselves individually, to heal our own traumas. Like to not just keep shoving it down. I've had more and more clients come to me realizing that they were moving so fast before the pandemic. They were just going, going, and going. Yeah. And then as they started to slow down, all of a sudden they couldn't just keep pushing things away. Right? Yeah. And as we start moving back into life, can we do it consciously and in a more honest, tr transparent way? Yeah, I you know, so many so many folks, I've certainly heard heard that theme time and time again coming through this year and 
so many folks, I think, had that experience of not being able to now look look away at what was really there all along. And this was the moment of reckoning of that. And I I wonder how do how do we how do we begin to really listen to our bodies so that we are not continuing to push things away or push things down? What's a couple ways that you would suggest we get out of our heads and actually tune into our bodies so we can begin to do that sort of work? It can be as simple as taking a few deep breaths a few times a day. We literally forget to breathe. Right? Yeah. It's so true. We forget. I mean, I love like I now have an Apple Watch and it reminds me to breathe. But how often do I just I'm like, yeah, dismiss. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm breathing, right? <laughs> yeah, I got this. I I'm alive, right? Yeah. But we are so disconnected from our bodies because we operate in the mind. The mind is what gets us through. It keeps us focused on the work we have to do, taking care of our kids, getting our to-do list checked off, right? All the things that get us through life. But being in our bodies, it can sometimes take us away from that. It can make us feel things we maybe don't want to feel throughout the day. Mm -hmm. However, if we just keep going, that is what leads to chronic pain. It breaks our bodies down. It leads to illnesses we don't want to hear about. We don't want to end up in the doctor's office one day hearing the C word. Right. Yeah. There's a, I, I lead a course. It's a lunar living course. So, you know, at the the description is we're we're going to be in the course where we're aligning our energetics to that of the moon. And really what I'm doing in the course is I'm giving the course participants an opportunity to slow down a, a part of the month when it's the new moon and kind of the darker part of mm-hmm. the month in terms of what's happening in the sky. And then we do a little bit more action-oriented work as the moon becomes full. But really, really what we're doing there's five practices that we do every day in the course, and we do it over the course of 29 days, a full lunar cycle. And those practices are really, on the surface, pretty simple. We breathe, mm-hmm. we meditate, we journal, we move, and then we practice some sort of ritual. And uh, you won't be surprised to hear this, but the the students often come to me and say, I have, I just, I have no idea how I'm going to get those five things into my day. You just don't know how, how busy I am and how much, how much I have going on. And, and what I'm asking them to do truly, you could, you could get it in, in 15 minutes. It's like, I want you to, I want you to take one, one minute and focus on breath. I want you to take one minute and sit in quiet. I want Mm. you to take one minute and, and, with one journal prompt and just explore what that, what that feeling is that's going on when you tap into that journal prompt, the, the movement, 
what I ask them to do, if nothing else, turn on a favorite song and dance while you're cooking dinner, for example, or while you're driving your car, even just sway side to side. I don't care how you do it, but connect in and notice that your body is moving. And that is, it's, it's really a scary thing to hear that these women who have made a commitment to show up for the course that want to do this work, truly feel that, nope, I can't, I can't do this for myself for even for even five, 10, 15 minutes a day. And then when they have that realization that, oh my gosh, I, I literally go through my day unwilling, usually unconsciously unwilling to even give myself a moment of breath, a moment of quiet, a moment of connection. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's so important. It's so important. And I certainly feel that we are going to need these moments of breath and these moments of meditation and moments in our journals and movement more than ever as we move forward into 2021 and beyond. You know, this is just such a such an important and a much bigger conversation that we should all be having about how we, what does it mean to be human? Yeah. What does it mean to be alive and to to live and to connect with yourself and with others? Like not to to just produce and to survive and to make it through. Yeah. Yeah, just making it through at the end of at the end of our days, looking back and saying I made it through is not not a very soul-fulfilling way to have lived. I'm just so sad when, when, when I hear this, right? Like I hear it every day from clients, but I'm also just really sad to hear it from you as you talk about it. Yeah. Well, and I, my hope and, and goal when I have women come into that course, they, they arrive thinking they're going to learn a bit about how to how to flow with the lunar energetics and my intention and the outcome is that they're going to learn how to connect in and care for themselves and give themselves a moment of self-love that they wouldn't have otherwise. And my hope is that after 29 days of, of a commitment to doing that work, that they've, they find those moments, they find that mm-hmm. moment of breath, they find that moment of, of meditation and they can carry that forward. And then, and then I find that oftentimes we do the same practices more or less. I change it up a little bit, but it's it's the same flow month over month. And then I find I have women that come back and they just take the course over and over and over again because they just want to have that accountability to themselves for that sort of self-care. Beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Do you find that when you have this conversation with, a client around the connection between the trauma that's held in the body and the chronic illness or pain or mental illness or addiction or just the the life experiences that they've had is is it do you find that getting folks to understand how those things connect is 
is a bit difficult since we, most of us in this country at least, grew up with none of that being discussed when we went for doctor's appointments and checkups throughout most of our lives. Right. So the education piece is one part of it. It begins on Instagram. I start just like dropping that information there. Yeah. Then I always repeat it when I'm with an individual client because it still hasn't really sunk in. People have like always in with an individual person, it's about their story and what's really happened to them and how it's really unfolded for them. So we talk about that, but then it's about making the connection, like going inwards, having them experience what's gone on for them to uncover the memories they're holding inside. Mm-hmm. When that happens, that's what the tra- when the transformation happens. When they like go inward, like they go into their hip where they're having hip pain and they unlock a memory from their four-year-old self when they yeah. were, you know, some pain, some trauma happened and we were able to heal it. There's huge progress and huge transformation. It's extremely powerful. And it's not something I'm guiding them to. I'm not telling them to go look there. I don't know what happened to them. They don't know what memory they've repressed or they've been holding. You know, a lot of times I hear, I, I haven't thought about it that in forever. I forgot it. Mm. so that's where the real change happens and that's why this technique is so powerful if someone is listening and they are thinking okay this sounds like something i'd want to explore and and i i want to perhaps tap in while i'm perhaps home alone and i i just want to kind of connect into my body and see what this is about what are some home care tips you could share to begin to connect into your body to start to heal wounds and and traumatic experiences that you you may not even recall at this exact moment? So I really think meditation is useful. I think that's a good way to begin to connect in terms of the type of work that I do, even clients that I've been working with, they ask me, can I do some of this at home? And they, they try to do it on their own at home. What's sure. so challenging is we, our subconscious is very, very intelligent. It's built to protect us from ourselves. Yeah. And so I would love to give people, you know, and I'm working on courses to try and help people slowly unlock things for themselves as much as they can. But even like this individual work, a person's subconscious is is blocked. So, you know, as well as I do that, like a lot of my clients are coaches and therapists because we cannot unlock our subconscious for ourselves. Right. Right. And that's why it's deep. The deepest you can go really is, is something like breath and meditation. I mean, there are other tips and techniques, of course, but unlocking the subconscious on your own is not something we really do yet. Yeah. Yeah. So if you are listening at home and you want to start considering this, start with breath, start with meditation, and then 
experience someone like you and if they could experience your work then that would be that would be a way to get on this path to heal deeper trauma it's ideal to be working with somebody to have somebody hold the space for you to help guide you yeah 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 okay yeah so important and i uh i just i i think that for all of us in 2021 as we go forward we've all we're all going to have work to do we've all been in some sort of experience of trauma certainly now most likely all of us before before now but now we're having an awareness of it on a whole different level yeah absolutely yeah Yeah. and i'm glad we're now all having the conversation yeah yeah me too me too yeah i was i was having a conversation on last week's uh podcast episode about an experience with a family member growing up and she she went through just a really you know really a a pretty severe depression and it was all centered around a, a pretty intense loss and um you know there was there was all these ways that she was she was it was manifesting in her life and no one in the family was addressing what was going on and and helping her to move through it and i look back at it now i was a teenager and it's like i mean we could all see it we could all see the the experience she was having and and it 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 took some pretty it took some pretty intense moments before anyone stepped up and said hey she's got some some stuff going on and we need to mm-hmm. we need to support her mm-hmm. Yeah, and at least today we are having these conversations and taking away the stigma of doing this this work. Exactly. Yep, that's the word stigma. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you for what you're doing. It's really important, and having the experience that you did is it's it's such a revelation to of course as you as you experienced going through it yourself but to see someone like you and if if anyone has has uh, looked at your instagram account and just how vibrant and amazing you are and how you communicate and you know it's it's hard to even believe that you're a person that went through the <laughs> decades of of illness that you went through because it's clearly not in you anymore thanks so much Andy. i really appreciate truly do yeah Yeah. okay so i'm going to close with we have five questions that we close with on every episode and it gives us an opportunity to just know a little bit more about you and the first one is tell us about an object or a charm that is special to you okay so when i was living overseas in Thailand, one of the things I did do while I was also teaching yoga and doing some of this work and seeing clients, I had started a jewelry company called Zahara Jade. And one of the pieces of jewelry that I created was out of something called a tak root. And the tak root is a vintage piece of jewelry that Thai people wear and it's a scroll 
that has blessings in it that are written by monks and it's blessed by monks that I put crystals in like raw garments and stuff. And so that would be one of the objects. So special. Mm -hmm. So beautiful. Mm -hmm. Okay. Tell me about a book that changed your life. Hema Chodron. What is when things fall apart? When I was first, right after I had broken up with my ex-fiance and my whole world was spinning out, I, of course, got really sick with a flare-up of my illness and I had a really high fever and nothing could soothe me, but I was, I picked up that book and I was reading it and I was just sitting there with a fever reading that book. And it just brought me so much inner peace. Mm. She, um, now she's gotten really famous. She's been on Oprah's super soul Sundays and all that stuff, but she's an American Buddhist monk who just really talks about being with whatever is. And it's, it's extremely powerful. And if you guys haven't heard of her, check her out. She's brilliant. Love it. I'll make sure it's in the show notes for anyone who wants to get the book. Great. Awesome. Okay. So I feel like we've talked a bit about this, but the third question is, tell me about an experience or moment that changed your life in a profound way. Okay. Actually, so we haven't talked about this one. Okay. So while I, I had gone back home after my 18 month stint of backpacking, and then I went back overseas. And when I first went back over, I had been home for maybe like a year or something. When I first went back over, I was, I was rock climbing in Tonsai in the South of Thailand. And I took a really bad fall. It was like morning. It had been raining for two weeks. And then all of a sudden it was sunny that morning. It was really hot. And I didn't know, but I had like heat stroke that morning and I was exhausted. And I fell while I was climbing. I was lead climbing on these rocks and I didn't have a helmet on. And I fell probably like 20 feet maybe. And I flipped upside down on the rope and my head cracked on the rock. And when I came to, my eyes were closed and I just, I heard this distant sound and it sounded horrible to like an animal, but it was my, my own voice really like moaning and wailing. And I opened my eyes and realized I was flipped upside down and I freaked out. Eventually they got me off the wall. The closest clinic was this like really danky Thai clinic. Nobody spoke English. I mean, I'm really lucky that I didn't snap my neck and nothing happened. I pro- I definitely had a concussion. Nobody spoke English. Nobody could tell me that. Um, but after that incident, I ended up having a massive spiritual awakening. Oh, wow. And I didn't know I was having one. But it took about a month and a half for me to come to that awareness. So I was in the south of Thailand on my favorite 
beach and all of these symptoms started happening. I was almost sleeping like five hours a night and seeing energy and just feeling total bliss and oneness with everything. But when I went to India, back to my sort of study with my teacher, Sharat, he said one day, he was like, oh, you serpent energy. And my friend mm-hmm. elbows me and I go to I go to look that up. What does that mean? And I read all the symptoms of spiritual awakening. And then I realized, holy, holy crap, I've been having a full-blown spiritual awakening for like two months. And it continues for like a year until I I basically have a full-blown ego death. (laughs) So yeah, that was, that was that. Wow. Experience. Incredible. And that's what I, I mean, as that was all happening, I also started to do this work. I started to work with people in this way. I was ready to step into this work. And yeah, that's when it started to happen. Okay. Wow. Hmm. Okay. So the next question is, what is something that you do daily for your health and wellness? Pet me dog. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> so good for our health and wellness. Yeah. The furry babes. Yeah. yeah. I love it. Okay. And then lastly, tell me about a moment that you knew magic was real. I really think that moment after my my first um, past life regression session, I just and I just felt full bliss for the first time. It was it was as if I was seeing sparkles in, in the air. I was just fully connected to everything and. And that's the first time I tapped into universal flow. Mm. I don't know that that was the first time, but yeah, it's, it's just when magic opened up to me in my life. Sure. Yeah. Beautiful. Okay. So let us know where folks can find you if they are interested in learning more about your work. Yes, they can find me at thetruthcatalyst.com my website and also Instagram truth at truth catalyst. This will be in the show notes. Yes, it sure will be. Yeah. Yep. Perfect. Perfect. Okay. Sahara, it's been so good getting to spend time with you and getting to talk about these things that we should be talking about so much more frequently. Andy, you as well. Thank you so much for having me. Yes. My pleasure. Thanks for being here. Thank you so much to Zahara for being with me today. I know so many of us have had these experiences in our life in which we just can't quite identify what's going on. And the work that she does is so important. That connection to body is incredibly profound. And I'm so happy to have had her on the show to share her story and 
to give us all a little bit of an opportunity to consider the ways in which we can connect into our inner wisdom, our inner child, the memories that perhaps we've suppressed and don't even know are there so that we can pull that stuff forward, deepen our connection to our body and find transformation and wellness on the other side of that. I just, every, every episode, I'm so grateful, so grateful for the guests I have an opportunity to spend this hour with. So I'm going to close with another review or two. I continue to be so lit up every time I see a new review come through. This one is from Bruna Martin, and it says, can't get enough of Andy's wisdom. I found Andy on Instagram recently and was so excited to hear that she had just started her podcast. I listened to all the episodes that are out in two days and can't wait for the next one. Andy has her own way of transmitting her wisdom and knowledge that feels so genuine and a voice so sweet that really feels like she really feels like my woo-woo best friend. Thanks, Andy. Thank you, Bruna. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I, I just, my heart is so filled up. Every time I read one of these, one of these reviews. So if you guys are loving the show, please share it with someone who might just get some good clarity, some good insight, have a little aha moment, share it, pass it along. It means the world to us over here when you do that. And we're working really hard to make sure we're continuing to bring you new episodes every week that are going to inspire you, encourage you to think a bit differently, connect more deeply into your own spirituality. And I'm so grateful for you for being here. I'll share one more. This one is from, it says, Sunshine Girl 4020. It says, excited for this journey. I love getting emails from Andy. Side note, join the email list. We do send out some really fabulous stuff and some great resources. So she says, I love getting emails from Andy. It feels like my best friend is talking to me. I'm so happy she started a podcast because I love listening to podcasts. Me too. This one, this one is so fun to listen to. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. If you want to follow along with us over on Instagram, we have a show page, which is at your woo woo BFF. Of course, I'm Andy. And over on Instagram, I am wee wee girl. Make sure you go spend a moment on the website, weewegirl.com. We have our eight step manifestation workbook that is available for free. And we definitely love talking manifestation on the email list. We'll be talking more manifestation on the podcast. And you can get that workbook for free over on our website at weewegirl.com. I will be back again next week with another interview. And until then, we are complete. I appreciate you. Take good care. Listen to your body. Do beautiful things out in the world, my friends. You are all so full of magic. Much love.